0: Today's scripture is Ruth, chapter 4, verses 1 through 12. No sooner had Boaz gone up to the gate and sat down there than the the next of kin, of whom Boaz had spoken, came passing by. So Boaz said, Come over, friend, sit down here. And he went over and sat down. Then Boaz took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit down here. So they sat down. Then he said to the next of kin, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our kinsman, Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of it, and say, Buy it in the presence of those sitting here, and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me, so that I may know. For there is no one prior to you to redeem it, and I come after you. So he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said, The day you acquire the field from the hand of Naomi, you are also acquiring Ruth, the Moabite, the widow of the dead man, to maintain the dead man's name on his inheritance. At this, the next of kin said, I cannot redeem it for myself without damaging my own inheritance. Take my right of redemption yourself, for I cannot redeem it. Now this was custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, the one took off a sandal and gave it to the other. This was the manner of attesting in Israel. So when the next of kin said to Boaz, acquire it for yourself, he took off his sandal. Then Boaz said to the elders and all the people, today you are witnesses that I have acquired from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Chilion and Malon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, the wife of Malon, to be my wife, to maintain, to maintain the dead man's name on his inheritance in order that the name of the dead may not be cut off from the kindred From his kindred and from the gate of his native place. Today you are witnesses. Then all the people who were at the gate, along with the elders, said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you produce children in Ephrathah and bestow a name in Bethlehem. And through the children that the Lord will give you by by this young woman, may your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Mary. Uh, before I get started, I failed to mention. Uh, I mean, it makes, yep, I failed to mention that uh, Helen Moss's sister, uh, Judith Hagstad, is in hospice care in Covington, and so please keep Helen and the whole family uh, in your prayers. Um, for her sister uh, Judith. Let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. In your name we pray. Amen. How appropriate on All Saints' Day that we remember three amazing people in the Bible Boaz, Ruth, And uh, Naomi, they uh, kind of normal people just like us or like the people that we just remembered by lighting the candles, the people whose names you, you uttered, normal people in the midst of pain and struggle and uncertainty who found God's chesed, who found God's grace, God's loving kindness, discovered it. Last week, Julie preached through the first part of Ruth. And now, I want to sort of catch us catch us up and sort of do the, the, the rest of the story. But uh, in the first chapter, we learn about this family that lives in Bethlehem. And Bethlehem means the house of bread, but there was no bread. People were starving to death. It was during the time of Judges. Uh, and... Uh, where it says everybody did what was right in their own eyes. There was a lot of corruption. So starvation led Naomi, her husband Elimelech, and their two sons across the border to Moab, and Moab was no great destination. But that's where they went. Soon tragedy struck again. Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. Then, then after her two sons married Ruth and Orpah, these two Moabite women, the two sons die. So after a few years, it is just Naomi, the mother-in-law, and her, her two foreign daughters-in-law, Orpa and Ruth. Naomi is bereft. She's empty. Upon hearing that the drought is over in Israel, she heads back home, and she notices her daughter-in-laws are following her, and she says to Orpah and to Ruth, Go back. Go back to Moab, your own country, and marry your own people. I have nothing for you. I am empty. I can't have more sons for you. Go back and marry and have families. Good luck. I'm empty. But Orpah and Ruth, they object and they want to go back uh, with Naomi. But Naomi pleads again, leave me to my country and you stay in yours. So Orpah makes the The rational choice. But Ruth, because she goes home, Orpah Orpah does. The Bible doesn't judge her for that. But Ruth makes the choice of loyalty and love, of said, Do not press me or entreat me to leave you. May your people be my people, your country my people, your God my God. Where you live, I will live, and where you die, I will. Will die, has said, love, loyalty. Then in chapter two, lots of coincidences. You'll read in there, it says a lot of times, as it happened, they walk in, and it says in chapter two that uh, there was a new crop. It was harvest season, and they had very little. And so those who were very poor were able to glean along the edges. Speaking of, that was their stewardship program, by the way. You know, leaving the edges, leaving them for those who are poor to come and to glean. And this man named Boaz just so happened, it says in the Bible, Boaz notices this beautiful young Moabite woman gleaning. He uh, tells his servants, don't protect her and don't let anybody mess with her. He even has them pull out some of the more choice um, barley so that she can take it. She takes it to her mother-in-law, these bulging bags of, of barley, and she tells her mother-in-law, Naomi, where she was, Boaz, and Naomi said, oh my goodness, that is my relative. And uh, so uh, she uh, is excited about that, and she starts to not be so bitter and empty, Naomi does. And uh, she goes back, Ruth does, to the fields. Boaz takes care of her, takes her to lunch, gets her more grain. I guess love is in the air, you know, like, like sands through the hourglass. These are the days of our lives. You know, here we are. They're falling in love, maybe. He brings home more. He says, give this to your mother-in-law, Naomi. And this is where Naomi begins to take a turn, this saint begins to notice that God is at work in this. And so she's aware that God is in this. She recognizes God has said. She says in chapter 2, verse 20, Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living and the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a relative of ours, one of our nearest kin. She takes charge and she plans boldly takes another turn after the harvest it's a big harvest and after a big harvest there's always a big party and after the party and they've got all the they've got all the harvest in and they celebrate and they celebrate all the all the men of the community who are working on that barley are 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 there at the threshing floor and that's where they were sleeping after a long night she she knew that Naomi did, and she said, Look, go put your best nightgown on. Put your perfume on. I know. Isn't this crazy? It's like a soap opera. Put it on. Where Boaz is sleeping, she said, You do as he says. So Ruth abides, and she goes. Um, and um, she does exactly what her mother in law says uh, she wakes him up, sort of startles him. It's not where a woman might be. They're at the threshing floor. Who are you, he asks, and she says, I'm Ruth. And uh, she tells him, spread your cloak over your servant, which is crazy. That's actually, she's proposing. She's got some chutzpah. She proposes to him, this woman, tells Boaz. And he says, of course, of course I will. That's a bold move, though, for somebody to do that, but, but it happens the grain is abundant, and so is love and hope and loyalty. But there's one hitch, and that's what we heard in chapter 4. There's one man who actually is a closer relative to Naomi. And so Boaz, a man of integrity, has to sort of make sure that he doesn't, um, he doesn't want to pursue this. And so he gathers right there at the city gate. It's like the court of law there. And he gathers ten witnesses there and he brings this person who's a closer relative to Naomi who could actually have sort of the right of marriage um, you know they did they set people up a little differently than we do today it's uh, uh, I guess we do computers now but this is what the, that's the way they did it right back then and so he um, he asked him if he wants the land said, sure I'll take the land he says well there's one hitch you got Naomi and Ruth, and they go with the land. He says, "You know what? I think I'll, I think I'll pass. I think I'll pass." It would have affected his inheritance, his children's inheritance. And so Boaz, um, like saying through the hourglass, these are the days of our lives. Boaz and Ruth get married, and they are praised. Ruth is a foreigner. I could take you in places in the Old Testament where it says. Do not marry foreigners. In fact, it says to the Israelites, Do not marry foreigners, especially don't marry those Moabites. But here we are. They're together. And they're celebrated. And they're loved. They're loved. Boaz and Ruth marry with the blessing of the whole town of Bethlehem. And Obed, the child of Ruth, the grandchild of Naomi, is finally placed in her grandmother's arms, Naomi. Some of you grandparents know exactly what it's like to have your grandchild placed in your arms. You can see well into the future, right? You see maybe your future in this beautiful baby. So, what are we to make of this love story on this All Saints' Day? Think God works through people, ordinary as you and me. People, God works through families like your family and my family. Even as dysfunctional as we all are, God chooses to work through our families. Everybody's got a story. And God is likely to have been a big part of the story, even when it's not obvious I think the old adage is true. A coincidence is a miracle in which God prefers to be anonymous. In a story where there's no burning bush, no splitting of the sea, not even an audible voice of God, God acts through the faithfulness of ordinary people conspiring to help each other out, facing extraordinary challenges. God's chesed is shown In human action, your human action, my human action. In each of the lives we remember today, we remember them by telling stories. I was honored enough to do many of the memorials and the funerals. And what do you do but tell the story? And in every one of these, I remembered these amazing stories of how and where they fell in love and what their calling in life was and how they, like Ruth and Boaz and Naomi, conspired to make the world a little bit better place than the world where they found it. Some are humorous. Some of their stories are sad. Some are inspiring. But we look where God is at work. Booker T. Washington said this, Success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles which he has overcome. Ruth, Naomi, Boaz, we're overcoming obstacles just like our saints, just like you and I. We are a lot like Ruth, Boaz, and Naomi. They may not have been able to walk on water or have a staff, Uh, They could part the seas. But they possess something way more powerful. Love. Love. That's the miracle of life. Love. It's not what you have or what you possess. It's what you give away. It's what you endure. And that's what our saints have passed on to us. Our saints have sacrificed so much that their family, that their community might thrive and be left in better shape. Here's one more thought. You and I are living in real time. You don't have to die to be a saint. You are a saint. Not because you're perfect. Nobody is. But because God has given you chesed. God has given you a story. God has given you a personality. And you are part, the ripple maker in the world. We're making our own stories, dealing with our own challenges, and straining for where we too might find God at work. God works through families just like yours and mine's. I said this last week, and I've said this on more than one occasion, But forgive me, but nobody's got a perfect family. Not even Ruth and Boaz and Naomi, not your family, not my family. The definition of a dysfunctional family is a family in which there is more than one member, Right? That doesn't matter to God. Because God can take all of our dysfunction and make something beautiful out of it. That's the point. We need each other. Ruth, Naomi, Boaz could have never done any of this alone. But they partnered together and they partnered with God to make a better world, which is what you and I, saints, are called to do and to be. God works deeply In our lovely, imperfect relationships to bring hope. What if we, like Naomi, recognized when God was at work? God is hidden in plain sight most of the time. I don't most days hear God's audible voice. I don't see many who walk on water or who can split the seas. I've never seen a burning bush, but I know that God is at work because there's nothing, I don't think there's anything um, that, uh, that's, that's truly a coincidence. So where is God at work where we may not be noticing what God is up to? And never underestimate your own power. Never underestimate your own hospitality or your efforts to build up others who are suffering because it never goes unnoticed. Because you're You're causing a ripple in the pond just like the saints. We're no different than the names of the people that we remember today. They're just a little ahead of us. They're higher on the mountain. And we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses who call us to be our very best selves. To forgive, to be forgiven, to love, and to be loved. After all, what is more important in life? than that. Christ's story is being played out in all of our relationships and the rings of the ripples go out further than you may know. Naomi had no idea she was holding in her arms the baby that would grow up to be the grandfather of the greatest king in Israel. She did not know she was holding someone who would be a direct link to, to Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah for the world. No, no, she was just doing all she could with what she had. She was plotting to take care of her daughter-in-law, Ruth, who was working to take care of her, and Boaz, who became the redeemer of them both, was blessed beyond all measure. Sometimes, sometimes God is most at work in our lives when we are least inclined to believe it. This is the story of our saints, of our lives, and of our future. God is at work many times in the smallest details of your life and my life and our lives together. We do well to take, pay attention and to take notice. As we break bread at the longest and largest table ever made in the world, let's remember that we all need a Naomi, honest enough to tell you when things aren't going well but perceptive enough to see when God is there, somewhere in the shadows, hidden in plain sight. Let's remember that we all need a Boaz, a person of means and influence who helps to set things up. And we all need a Ruth who, come hell or high water, will never leave us alone. Happy All Saints Day. Amen.